friends. Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Um, how are you? Great. Oh, yes. All right, so tonight, let's just free it up a little bit. Feel free to give me a some... Mm-hmm. Feel free to give me some mm-hmms along the way. I don't mind... I don't mind a good mm-hmm from time to time. So, if, if something is resonating with your spirit, I just want to invite you to express it, okay? Um, so tonight we're talking about sensitivity. Um, and we're saying this, it's safer to lose sensitivity... But everything about a healthy life with God and others depends on it. It's safer to lose it, but everything about a healthy life with God and with others depends on it. And so tonight, let's just start from the ground floor. When we talk about sensitivity, what are we talking about? And last week, Janae talked to us about what it means for us to kind of like see below the surface of our own lives uh, looking into our desires, our fears, our triggers, our experiences. And tonight we're talking about sensitivity in the context that it's taking that idea and seeing it broader and seeing below the scene more in the things that we do in the, in the things we experience. So sensitivity, as we talk about it tonight, is a recognition that we have the opportunity and ability to see deeply into the unseen realm. The realities of my own experience and existence, the realities of the people that are around me and their experience and the things ultimately that the Lord is doing in an environment and how all of those things work together and play together as we increase in our awareness of the unseen. And, and that and, and that goes into like kind of the emotional realm. It goes into the uh, to the mental realm and ultimately into the spiritual realm as we perceive the voice of God and the activity of the Holy Spirit. And that leads us into a place of moldability and obedience to the things that God is wanting to do in a moment. And I just want to be really clear that tonight we're not talking about kind of living an emotional life. As we talk about sensitivity, we're not just talking about an emotional reality. We're talking about a very spiritual, a very deep reality. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, we see kind of this concept as Paul writes to Ephesus. And he says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. And as we see what Paul is writing here, and as he mentions sensitivity, we recognize that this thing is related to their emotional lives. It's related to the hardening of their hearts. It's related to the darkening of their understanding. It's related to their spiritual lives as they've been separated from the life of God. And because of that, because of this loss of sensitivity, they have begun to lose the ability to look outside of themselves and have been caught up in sensuality and they begin indulging in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. And as they lose sensitivity, they lose the ability to connect with the realities around them, the experience 
experiences of the people around them and ultimately the voice of God in a moment. And because of that, their lives become self-centered and everything is about them. And as we increase in sensitivity, we increase in our understanding of who God is and what he's doing. And that softens us as we'll see in just a little bit. And so we're back to this phrase that we started with. It's safer to lose sensitivity but everything about a health, healthy life with God and others depend on it. And I just want to point this out. I've intentionally used the word here to lose sensitivity because I think this is something that all of us are actually born with. We talk a lot about childlike faith. And as we've talked about childlike faith, we've talked about the creativity of childhood. We've talked about this sense of awe and wonder and discovery that is kind of embedded in the life of a child. We've talked about kind of the dependency that children have. And as our relationship with God is kind of dependent, we embody that childlike faith. But this concept of sensitivity is also inherent in kids. It's part of what it means for us to have a a childlike faith where we're constantly dependent upon God and we're sensitive to the things around us. And as you and I potentially have lived our lives, sensitivity has kind of been pushed out of our lives. And so tonight we have kind of two objectives and there may be kind of two sets of people in the room and you may resonate with one of these kinds of people uh, and and not so much the other. But I want to kind of talk to two these two groups of people when we think about sensitivity for some tonight, I want us to reawaken sensitivity. Maybe you've experienced a distancing in your life and you experience things and you're not necessarily very engaged with them. So tonight, I want us to reawaken sensitivity in you. And maybe there's another group uh, in the room tonight who we want to reposition sensitivity. We want to put it in a place where it is pictured in a healthy way. Because ultimately, this leads us into a deeper place of spiritual maturity. Because maturity is not distancing ourselves from sensitivity. In fact, it's very opposite of that. Maturity is when we prioritize our sensitivities properly so they become a blessing rather than a burden. And so that means we're no longer falling victim to our sensitivities, but we're also not pushing our sensitivities out and then by kind of in in response to that, making our lives a simply uh, rational existence. We're understanding the complexities and depth of how God wants us to experience life. So tonight, if you're somebody who is saying, you know what, I don't necessarily even feel like I connect with what you're talking about tonight. Maybe that is somebody who tonight we're just asking, Lord, come and reawaken sensitivity in us. And let me give you this picture. So I, um, for a while, several years ago, would lead families around the theme parks here in town. And um, there were they'd be these families who would come in from out of town and they want somebody to just kind of like show them the ropes and that kind of thing. So I worked for this company and we took these people around on, uh, on these tours. And one of the things I would notice is that we'd get on like the Pirates of the Caribbean and, and these parents are kind of like narrating the experience for their kids. But they're narrating it in a way as so to like distance them from the experience as a whole. They'd be like, oh yeah, you don't need to be afraid of that. It's just a robot, whatever, like shut up. Like kind of like seeing their kid as a liability. Their, their ability to be sensitive to a moment and experience that fully became a liability. And it was this attempt to kind of rationalize away a sensitivity that's inbuilt in kids. I was um, on space, Spaceship Earth, the big Epcot ball, 
um, with my niece this week. And uh, my brother and sister-in-law were behind us. And so me and my um, little three-year-old niece, she's sitting next to me. And we're going through the beginning of the ride. And there's this like big projection space where there's these four cavemen who are holding these spears. And they're kind of like around this giant woolly mammoth. And it's like 40 feet up the side of the wall. And the ride kind of comes to a, a halt right there. Something was going on somewhere in the ride, so it's like our, our ride vehicle like stopped in the middle of that. And we're sitting there for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And Kendall, my niece, is like kind of like getting closer and closer to me as the time goes on. And eventually she just like whispers up to me, I'm scared. And that like those experiences with all of those parents kind of flashed into my mind. It was like, I could like say to her, it's just a projection screen, like stop being scared. This is silly, like rationalize it away. But instead it was this like beautiful moment where I was able to just put my arm around her and be present with her in the moment and be with her through this moment of fear, this moment that she was very deeply experiencing. And I think for some of us, maybe even as I tell that story, you have this experience in your life where someone told you, you being sensitive in a moment was a liability, as opposed to allowing you to be present in the moment and someone else being present there with you in the moment. And tonight, maybe that needs to be reawakened in you. Because I think that for a lot of us tonight, if we've turned off our sensitivities, whether that be to other people or to a moment or to the voice of the Lord, it's probably, be, it's probably because we've experienced some hurt in that area. And so I want the Lord to come in and begin healing us tonight so that we can begin trusting him again, so that we can begin trusting other people again, and we can engage fully the way that God intends for us to engage especially when it comes to the men in the room. I think that there is kind of this cultural ethos that says you're more of a man the less sensitive you are. And what happens in the spiritual realm is the exact opposite of what happens in the cultural physical realm. Because the more we mature in the physical realm, we're told stop being so sensitive. There's no crying in baseball, right? That is bred into us and our sensitivity becomes a liability. But as we mature in our relationship with God, the exact opposite happens. And we develop a greater level of sensitivity to be able to engage more fully emotionally, mentally, relationally, and spiritually with the people around us and with our God. And we recognize that he's so intimately desires for us to be in relationship with him and our sensitivities become alive so tonight maybe you're one of those people who god wants to reawaken sensitivity in tonight and then maybe you're somebody who says you know what i feel things really heavily i have a high level of empathy i have a high level of compassion maybe this week as you hear these stories coming out of paris those things become like a heavy weight for your soul and maybe at times you, because of the deep way that you feel and experience the pain of other people, have come to consider your sensitivity as a liability because it hurts. And tonight, I want the Lord to come into your life and help you reposition your sensitivity so that you begin to understand how that deep experience that you feel with other people becomes 
a blessing to you, a blessing to God, and a blessing to others. Ryan talks a lot about how oftentimes people who feel very deeply have the gift of intercession and have the opportunity to experience and feel those things very deeply so that we can go to the Lord and intercede on behalf of the pain of other people as we experience with that with them. And there are a lot of resources. Chrissy is leading a small group right now. They're going through the happy intercessor that talks about this very thing. That if you feel deeply, sometimes even into the physical, there she is right there, in, even into the physical realm where like you're in an environment and, and maybe your ankle starts hurting and it's like, Lord, is there someone around here that like you're, you're trying to say something to me about what someone is feeling right now? Like they have a hurt in their body or a pain in their body and the opportunity to go to them and intercede over them and pray for healing in their life. Janae told us a story this week uh, in our Thursday teaching team meeting where there was this one afternoon, she walked into her kitchen, it was a beautiful day, the sun was coming into the kitchen through the window, everything was like so beautiful, but suddenly she moved into this place where she felt this heavy depression. And as she processed that with the Lord, it became clear that it wasn't that Janae was depressed today, it was that she was experiencing something that was existing in that household. And God was allowing her to experience that so that she could begin praying it out of the space and inviting in the peace of the Lord. And so if tonight you are somebody who maybe feels the weight of empathy and compassion or justice, it's my hope that we would allow that to move into a healthy place in our lives so that we can be a blessing, that that thing, that deep level of connectivity and sensitivity can be a blessing to us and the people around us as we engage God with it. Because all of this is so important. Our ability to be sensitive to the people and things and moments and voice of God is so important because sensitivity is integral and healthy relationships of care and cultivation. If we're going to be in a healthy relationship with God, we're going to be in a healthy relationship with one another, it necessitates that we're sensitive people. Look at this in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27. God is speaking to his people, and he promises us this. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. This goes back to this Ephesians picture where the hardness of heart, just like with this metaphor, this cleansing metaphor, it's just like God soaks our heart. And that dry, stony heart becomes a heart of flesh again. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And so we see this, this stony heart that disconnects from the world, that disconnects from God, and out of a sense of self-preservation becomes stony. And God is saying, I love you so much. I am so kind and compassionate to you that I'm going to pour my healing oil over your heart and take that heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh so that you can awaken to the sensitivities that I desire for you to have. And as we do that, it's the beginning. It's the foundation of repentance because we begin seeing what God cares about. And we begin knowing what God wants for our lives. And we move from this life that... 
is putting our back toward God and we begin to sense him. And as we increase in sensitivity, we turn our eyes to him because we recognize his great love and care for us because we've allowed ourselves to stop saying no to God's kindness and we awaken to his kindness for us and it allows us to to turn away from our self-centeredness and set our gaze on God. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> oh, a couple weeks ago, our first Sunday here, one of the things that I prophesied over this space is that this would be a place where the veil is thin. Where the, the dividing wall between the physical reality that we inhabit every day and the spiritual reality that we also inhabit every day, that that veil would become thin and we would see into the depths of what God is doing in the spiritual realm. We would begin hearing and being more acutely sensitive to his voice. In John chapter 10, Jesus says this, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. So what we have here is this picture of multiple voices coming at us all the time. And our sensitivity to the voice of the Lord gives us the ability to know the good shepherd who is Jesus and differentiate his voice from the plethora of voices that exist around us. I'm sure all of us experience this on a regular basis. If you've ever done anything, ever, I'm sure you've experienced the reality that everybody has a different opinion about it, right? Like I often, that, that's one of my biggest struggles at like working at a church. In this room, I'd say there's probably 130 people. And I can tell you that on every word that I'm saying right now, there are 130 opinions. And I see some of the smiles and I see some of the scowls. Your face says something. I'm not looking at anybody right now. Just looking up. Right? But there's all of these voices. And here's the thing. This isn't even in my notes right now. I'll just say it because this is my reality right now. Is that I could be evaluating what you're experiencing. And I should be evaluating what you're experiencing. But ultimately, my goal, my desire, my heart, when I'm in the right spot, is to say, Lord, what do you have for us tonight? And the reason that I'm looking at your face and that it matters to me what's on your face is because it becomes that sensitivity of God and of you becomes the bridge for me to help take you where you are and move you into the place that I think God wants all of us to be in, right? So uh, my sensitivity to you, if I don't know, if I'm not confident in what God is doing and what God is saying and who he says I am, that gets distorted and it becomes a curse and every face in this room becomes a point of fear. And I begin saying what I'm saying to please you as opposed to doing what I can do to get you to move from where you are to where God would have all of us be. All right, so that's why it's important for us to have sensitivity to listen to the voice of the true shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, 
They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. All of this is sensitivity. All of it is knowing the voice of Jesus. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. How ironic, right? Like we have the metaphor of, hey, listen to the voice of the shepherd. But the people that Jesus is talking to have the hard hearts. They've lost their sensitivity, and so they don't hear the voice of the Father through the words of Jesus. So we have both a metaphor here, but also a very clear example of this very thing that we're talking about tonight. And as we understand that sensitivity gives us the ability to hear the voice of God, we also begin to understand this. Sensitivity is the beginning of living a life of faith. So as we hear the voice of God, we then begin responding to the voice of God in faith, not knowing fully the outcomes, but trusting God's voice because we know God's voice. And what is the best thing for us? To know and live in obedience to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives even when we don't know the full picture. Living with sensitivity to God may cause us to do a lot of things that don't seem to make immediate sense. And for those of you in the room tonight who this sensitivity is meant to be awakened, this is a word for you. As you reawaken to the sensitivity of God, I'll tell you that one of the greatest challenges will be you beginning to do things without a full picture of the future. And you beginning to do things that don't seem to make immediate sense. Gideon in, uh, in Judges chapter 7 is a great example of this. So Gideon, the Lord appears to Gideon and says, Hey, these people, my people, are being oppressed by these foreign armies, and I'm going to use you to deliver them. So the fact that God is coming to speak to Gideon is probably surprise number one for Gideon. And maybe that is true for you tonight. Maybe your experiences, the experiences of your past, or even your expectations, is that the idea of God even saying anything to you is impossible. That is the beginning of being reawakened to sensitivity to God, expectation. So I just want to plant that seed in you, a seed of expectation that you would even believe that God could say something to you tonight. So God says, hey, Gideon, there's this army of 135,000 people. I want you to get some guys and go out and defeat the army. Well, Gideon gets some guys together, and he gets about 32,000 people who sign up for this gig. So it's 32,000 versus 135,000. So from the get-go, it doesn't make sense. It's an act of faith from the get-go. And in Judges 7, verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. There's 135,000 of them. You have 32,000. It's too many. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel, Israel would boast against me, saying this, my own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. So now we're up 10,000 versus 135,000. And what we see here is strength in our own human ability versus sensitivity leading to surrender. Sensitivity leads us to surrender what we think is best in faith that God knows what he's talking about. So now Gideon has 10,000 guys, and he's probably thinking this is an awful scenario. 
And it's, it's in those moments where God does things like this. 300, uh, God does things like this. He says, take your guys down to the river. I'm going to thin it out. There's still too many. So they went down to the river. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink, which I think I'm a cupped hands kind of guy, right? <laughs> Who kneels at a river and like, apparently 7,700 of them, which I think is actually backwards. I feel like, anyway, the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So we're down to 300, an army of 300 up against 135,000 warriors. So here goes God with his good ideas again. Dividing the 300 men into... Th <laughs> what? Huh? Good, yeah. Dividing the 300 men into three companies... He placed trumpets in empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. 300 of us, 135,000 of them, best weapons we got, jars and trumpets. Watch me, he, Gideon, told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the three and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah toward Zerarah, as far as the border of Abel, Maloah, near Tabith. These men, these 300 men, God and his good ideas sent them into battle with 135,000 people with torches, jars, and trumpets. And they defeated an army. And that is the same for us as we begin to become more sensitive to the voice of God and the realities of life around us, we begin doing things that are insane. And that will happen as you reawaken to the voice of God. And so for those of you who are in that, posi that position tonight to be repositioned in all of these things that you're feeling, so there's the reawaken, there's the reposition, to you tonight I say being sensitive means feeling a lot of compassion and empathy and having to say no to some of what we feel. I want to give the feelers in the room tonight, the empaths in the room tonight, the compassionate in the room tonight, permission, and not only permission, a charge and a challenge to say no to some of what you feel. I think there's a temptation to reduce what we're talking about tonight down to do what you feel. And let me remind you, as we read from Ephesians, this is not about what you feel. This is about what you feel and what you think and what God is saying, all coming into surrender to the power of God in your life. And that means not reacting out of what you feel all the time. It means you will feel things that you are not supposed to touch. 
Because believe it or not, you are not the savior of the world. Right? And and we move from this thing where it's like, I feel obliged as a slave into a place of, I feel the joy of getting to co-labor with God as a son or daughter with him. And we move from a place of obligation to a place of freedom as we move into the ability to say no at the right time and the ability to say yes at the right time. Not everything you pick up on is something you have to do something about. And release the responsibility of the outcomes to the Lord. Lander, as we talked on Thursday, gave this really great metaphor for this. You have a radio in your car. That radio can pick up a ton of stations, but you don't listen to all the stations at the same time. And as we become more sensitive, we hone our ability to tune to the right things at the right time so that we can be effective as the Lord has gifted us to be effective. So for those of you tonight who need to reposition your sensitivities, I just challenge you to start saying no to the right things and say yes to the right things. The next warning. I'll just call it a warning. Living with sensitivity means recognizing and engaging the complexities of life and relationship. There's a, a high probability that as we become more sensitive to the realities around us, that life becomes more complicated. Let me tell you the story. I was here, there were probably 25 of us in the building one afternoon. It was a Saturday. We were putting these things up. We were getting ready for the space to kind of be inhabited. And we were all working on different things. And, and I actually had to take a phone call. And I was standing right back here in the, in the back of the room. And this guy walked in and immediately I picked up on the fact that he was even in the room. He had just been walking by and he came in off the street. And, and even as I was on the phone, I had the spiritual sense that there was kind of the spirit of manipulation here. Um, and, and I was, I was very deeply kind of perceiving that, discerning that in the spiritual realm. And so there was that thing that was the initial thing. Well, I went over, got off the phone and began talking to him. And, and he was, um, he was saying that he needed some food. And so that, you know, triggers, okay, the Lord tells us to take care of the people who are poor and needy. Like, that's a command of scripture. And just that Tuesday before with my small group, we had been reading from Ezekiel and God said, hey, you think you got it all together? Well, let me tell you, this is what I want from you. I want you to take care of the poor. I want you to provide for the needs of the needy. I want you to feed the hungry. So I have that scripture, I have that experience with my small group, I have the spiritual perception of the kind of this manipulative thing, I have my role here in our community to protect and look out for the other 24 people who are here in the building, and there's all of these things that are happening simultaneously, and what could be very simple, okay, hungry person, like give them some food, okay, check, mark, like done, follow the plan, right? was very complicated. And I honestly think it had a lot to do with some areas of growth in my life. Like I was growing and things were becoming more complicated. And so I ended up going and getting him a Publix gift card, but at the same time, like I'm driving back and I'm just like, Lord, I feel like this sense of protection over the people who are in the room. And I, and I know that, and there were other things that happened that I don't even kind of like talk about that kind of affirmed a lot of the things that I was sensing in the spiritual realm. And, and it was very complicated. 
And what I discovered in that moment is that we continue to grow spiritually. We become more sensitive to the things that are happening in the spiritual and the physical. We become more sensitive to the voice of God. We remember what God says in scripture. We have all of these examples. We have our roles in the church. Like there are so many things that are going on. And as we become more sensitive, we become more passionate and in love with discerning and hearing the voice of God because it's our one source. And it's our one foundation. And it helps us cut through all of the complexities that come with sensitivity and know what God is saying in a moment. Like that is 100% possible. I believe that is absolutely possible for you tonight. So in the complexity, there's a lot of opportunity for us to fall in love again with hearing and perceiving the voice of God. I'm going to call the band up. We're going to come to a close here. Um, and, and I'll end with this. Sensitivity ultimately points to God's desire for us and Him. Relationship. We can do our whole life on our own when we, when we become hard-hearted. When we become rational and analytical and try to, to come up with our best reasons for why we're doing things or the best ideas. But when we step into a life of sensitivity of the presence of God in a moment, and what's happening around us, when we look into the unseen and we become aware of those things, it draws us into a deeper necessity to have a deep connection with God, and it gives us the opportunity to have a beautiful relationship with Him. Later gave this metaphor, this other metaphor, as we talked about this on Thursday, of a bird. And um, There's this very like real scientific thing. I don't know if you've ever seen like birds just hovering around high-rises in downtown. Anybody ever seen that? Or maybe you've seen, like, I don't know, pictures of eagles next to mountains. So um, there, there are these thermals that rise up the sides of mountains. This hot air that will rise up along a, um, along a high rise in a city. And birds literally can just open their wings and they can step into those thermals and rise higher than they could ever fly without ever flapping their wings once. They just open their wings and they catch the thermal and they ride it up. And it's such a beautiful picture for us of becoming more deeply sensitive to the power of God in our lives and the voice of, of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We open our wings, we catch the thermal of God, and we rise to a higher perspective, His perspective, without ever having to do the hard work of flapping our wings like a madman trying to get as high as we can to see better. And if tonight you need to be reawakened, maybe you feel like, you know what, you're just kind of like sitting on the grassy knoll and you want to fly and it's just like time for you to relearn how to open your wings and catch the Holy Spirit. Or maybe tonight you feel like you're high up there, but you're like flapping as hard as you can, trying to deal with all of the things you feel. And maybe tonight God is inviting you to come to a new place of peace where you reposition your sensitivity so that it becomes a blessing and not a curse. You understand what to do with your empathy and your compassion and your sense of justice because the Holy Spirit is informing you as you surrender to Him. So let's all just close our eyes and I just want you to ask that question, Lord, where am I tonight? Do you want to reawaken something in me? Do you want to reposition this thing tonight in me? Lord, would you show us that right now? Make us sensitive to your voice.
just have this like picture in the first gathering. I think it's such a, a good reality for us right now. Wherever you are in this, whether it's repositioning or reawakening, all of it will involve some bit of healing. Because our stony hearts and those walls that we build around our lives so that we don't have to hear anything anymore, those walls were erected because somewhere along the way something got broken. Something got hurt. Someone told us we weren't allowed to be sensitive anymore. At some point, maybe the weight just became too much. Why don't you just open your hands right now and ask the Holy Spirit to come and bring healing for you. Whatever it is, there's healing for you tonight so that you don't have to be afraid anymore. We want to cement that healing tonight. So as we um, as we sing these last two songs, I'm just going to invite you to the back of the room, to your right, in this area under this orange wall over here. There's going to be some people standing back there facing this way, and they're going to be there to pray with you. Um, whether that's to reawaken or reposition, just go and say, hey, this is how... The Lord is speaking to me about this in my life tonight. Or this is what I sense tonight. I want more clarity about it. Just say that to them and allow them to, to intercede and agree with you tonight. Um, we're only going to sing two songs. We don't have a long, a long time in this space. So please don't hesitate. Let's just, let's see this. I was at Santiago's bodega last night with some friends eating. And uh, Jessie was talking about her fingernails. She got her gelled fingernails. And they put, I guess they do the gel on the fingernails of the manicure, and they put them under this UV lamp. These prayers right now are the UV lamp to set, to set our healing. Okay? So, <laughs> laugh. It's fine. You can laugh. Whatever. It's the UV lamp. Our prayers are the UV lamp to set this. <laughs> As opposed to like those seeds falling on a, a rocky thing and they shoot up really fast and it feels good and then they wither and die. Like we want the root to go deep. And so let's just allow our prayers to cure the, the work of God in us. So there'll be some people back there to pray as we sing. You stand and um, we'll have some time to do that with one another.